So look, you know, I, I'm like so overextended just with everything right now, uh, because I have to work, you know, but obviously preaching the gospel really has become like a full-time job, um, right now, just because the deception of once saved, always saved is just ridiculous. And <clears throat> I don't know. I just felt like I, I need to come on here and really address, address that because I was just watching a Tim Henderson video and I know I've added notes to like a recent episode of his that I posted because he literally says, all you have to do is believe that Jesus died for your sins and you are saved. You don't have to do nothing else. That's exact. I mean, that's not word for word what he said, but that's pretty much exactly what he's saying that all you need is faith, nothing else. So let's see if uh, Tim Henderson, because I don't know. I mean, there's so many lies, but I don't know where, why he's not using scripture because let's go ahead. Let's go to Google real quick. Faith without works is dead. KJV. All right. So let's pull this scripture up. I'm doing this live on the spot. All right. So what comes up is James 2, 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Bam. Right there. James 2.26. Now another one is, um, what is it? Maybe it's uh, Hebrews 10.26 KJV. Let's see if that's it. Going off memory. For if we sin willfully after that, we have received the knowledge of the truth. There remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. Let me read that again. If we willfully sin, it says for if we sin willfully after that, we have received the knowledge of the truth. There remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. So basically what it's saying is if you willfully sin after you receive the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sins. So, I mean, dude, I mean, there's so many, there's so many scriptures. There's so many that, uh, it's just, man, it's, it's frustrating, you know, and it's just like, um, There's so many channels, there's so many YouTube channels where people are constantly, and that's the problem. Like you get someone like Tim Henderson, you know, that, that gains such a huge following, right? And he's always programming that all you have to do is have faith. Nothing else, nothing else. Oh, okay, nothing else. Well, let's let's take a look at this. Hold on real quick. 1 Corinthians chapters, um, hold on, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 9 through 11, 
I gotta put KJV for that. KJV. Be not deceived. That's the first, that's the first three three words. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Right there, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. It tells you right there who will not inherit the kingdom of God. So for these people who are like, all you have to do is just believe in Jesus and you're going to heaven and you're going to make the rapture. They are deceiving you. They do not have the Holy Spirit. There's absolutely no possible way that they have the Holy Spirit and they're going to spew out that deception. The reason this makes me so mad is because I went to hell as a Christian. God sent me to hell as a Christian. I was a Christian. I, I was baptized at an apostolic church. I believed in Jesus. I thought that when I died that I was going to go to heaven. And I went to hell. I don't know if I died in my sleep. I don't know what happened. But what I do know is that I woke up in hell. And I know that this was a reoccurring thing that happened. Excuse me. So, um, let me let me go back to this one page right here. This is off of Live Journal, and um, this was posted October twenty fifth, two thousand and five. So, what seventeen, eighteen years ago? By Star Chaser fifty seven. It says, scriptures that prove once saved, always saved is not the truth at all. Um, it said, in another place, I was challenged to post the scriptures that prove once saved, always saved is false. Until then, I've always known that once saved, always saved is a lie. I've always known that once saved, always saved will damn many. But when I started discussing that doctrine with three people and started studying it more, I was shocked of just how big of a lie and wicked this false teaching really is. Also, um, it says that Jesus hated the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, and, and that's pretty much what the Nicolaitans believe because the Nicolaitans were like tied into Gnosticism and the Gnostics. And they pretty much believed that you could just indulge in carnality and, and, and fleshly desires and, and pleasure, and you, you, you're good. Like you're still going to make it to heaven. And Jesus didn't like that. Everybody's heard this one, right? Um, if your if your um, eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your arm or your leg causes you to sin, cut it off. Because it's better to enter heaven maimed, which is like disfigured or dismembered, instead of going to hell with your body fully intact. Why would Jesus say that? Seriously. Why would Jesus talk about hell more than he did heaven? You know, why is there a parable of the ten virgins where there's five foolish virgins and five wise virgins? Why does it talk about making sure that you keep oil in your lamp? Because 
if you're just an unbeliever, then that wouldn't even make sense. This is obviously talking to believers, especially when it's talking about endure to the end. Non-believers ain't worried about enduring to the end. Believers, because they know that, that the devil's coming at them a lot stronger because the devil wants you to sin. Anyways, back to this. Um, in order to believe that once saved, always saved is the truth, which it isn't, one has to cut out the following passages from the Bible completely or twist them into meaning something they don't. But when a person is honest with the word of God and actually decides to believe everything God says about justification and eternal salvation, as in who will or will not enter heaven, the once saved, always saved lie doesn't stand up. Compare once saved, always saved to the scripture and once saved, always saved melts away in the light of God's truth. If you can really be honest, here are over a hundred scriptures. Wow, over a hundred scriptures that that refute that you, you you have eternal salvation. What I believe is, yes, God will always forgive you if you make mistakes. We make mistakes all the time. But the Bible also says, be ye perfect like your father in heaven is perfect. So right there, we're given the commandment to make sure that we're trying to perfect our walk with the Lord. And then Jesus also says, if you love me, you will obey me. You want the scripture? No problem. I'll, I'll get that for you. If ye love me, obey me. KJV. All right. That seems to be John 14, 15 through 31. Let's read it. If ye love me, keep my commandments and I will pray to father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not. Neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while in the world seeth me no more, but ye see me because I live, ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Judah saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it thou wilt manifest thyself unto us, and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and will come unto him, and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine. So it says, you can if you love me, but you don't keep my sayings, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. And what did I just say earlier? These people do not have the Holy Spirit if they're out here lying like that. It bothers me so much because these, I've posted these, I'm, I'm like, I post these people's videos, I mean, their audio on my podcast. And, you know, I, I'm doing this while I'm working. I drive for a living. So imagine this whole podcast, 300,000 listens, 300,000 people 
I have 300,000 listens. I don't know how many people. I think I got like an average of a couple thousand a week that are listening. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I've built this whole podcast while I am driving. Multitasking. Risking my life every single day, multiple times a day. Taking my eyes off the, off the road so I could try to post this. Because that's how important it is to me to make sure that I'm trying to make... Wake people up. You know what I'm saying? They've already shut down my TikTok channel, my YouTube channels. Like, I'm being censored so heavily that, you know, my Instagram is censored. Being a shadow banned. Like, it's so frustrating, you know? But I keep fighting. But at the end of the day, it's, it's all up on the individual, you know? The the Lord is is not um, a respecter of a person, so everybody is getting the same, um, you know, the same level of the Holy Spirit. It's just who's heeding that call, who's actually digging deeper, who's actually trying to draw close to the Lord and stay in the Lord's presence, you know. Um. So yeah, let me go back to what this dude was saying. So he um he starts with Matthew 6. Mm, this is actually pretty good. Matthew 6, 14. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. People who do not have their sins forgiven do not make it to heaven. I'll rebuke this in the name of Jesus. All of a sudden now I'm burping. Sorry. Notice that Jesus didn't say, if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Unless, of course, you are born again, because born again people are not held to the same standards as the unsaved people. And what did I just say? God is not a respecter of persons. So it says, unsaved people go to hell for not forgiven, but those Christians are not once saved, always saved. Nothing will change that. They can refuse to forgive anyone they want to. It doesn't matter. They'll go to heaven no matter what. And you wouldn't believe. I, even just the other day, I was on Instagram, and there was a video of an elderly gentleman walking outside. He had a, a, a sign, like the double sign that you wear on the front and the back. And he's like, you could be as terrible as you want to be, and you can't lose your salvation. And people, you they, this is how they twist scripture. They'd be like, yeah, you can't lose salvation and nobody can pluck you out of the Father's hand. Yes, the Bible does say that. But what I'm trying to tell you is if you're actively trying, and I'm, I'm, just, I'm telling you through trial and error, I'm telling you through experience. This is These are things that I've actively put to the test. You know what I mean? Like really tested this, these scriptures out. To see if God was really ever present, if God was fully aware of everything that I was thinking and planning on doing and and everything. And I'm talking about willful disobedience. I'm talking about willfully sinning, you know, whether it was smoking weed when I knew I, w- I shouldn't be smoking weed, drinking alcohol when I shouldn't be drinking alcohol, having sex when I wasn't married, watching pornography, masturbation. Whatever it is, like when he said, be ye perfect like your father in heaven is perfect. 
and that all things are possible through Christ which strengthen me. That's exactly what he means. He means be perfect like God in heaven is perfect. There's no evil in heaven. How do, how do we think that we're going to make it to heaven when we're not living like heavenly citizens now? What do you think this is? All this is is a test. And this test does not stop. When, when, when I go to sleep, I'm still being tested. I'm still ha being attacked. Not att I mean, I'm still being uh, pursued by women that are trying to have sex with me in my sleep. Those are demons, incubus and succubus spirits. And truthfully, half the time, I don't even know that I'm even dreaming. I was just sleeping, like unconscious. And the next thing I know, like I'm just somewhere. Something's already been going on. Like I've been there for a while. Like I'm already in a, in a scene or a setting, like a movie or something. The next scene changes and I'm just like, wait, what's going on here? Like, what? Oh, man. And I'm like... I'm like in a bed with a woman and I'm about to have sex or I already started to have sex. And then I'm like, hold on, wait, I can't do this. I'm, I'm a Christian. Same thing with drugs. Like, hold on, man. I can't, I don't, I don't sniff, sniff cocaine. Like I just had a dream last night. My dad was trying to sniff Coke with me. He busted out and he was trying to get me to steal. And my dad in real life, you know, he would try to get me to lie for him and things like that. When I was a kid and I never wanted to do it. And even when we got older, he knew that he couldn't ask me to lie for him to his customers or whatever. Like a customer's calling for something. He's like, hey, just tell him this. That. I'm like, man, don't even come at me like that. I'm not going to lie for you. You know what I mean? So he had to get my brothers to do it. So these are things that the Holy Spirit's been bringing back to my memory lately. You know what I mean? Like all the way since I was younger, just the character that I had that I didn't even know that I had that... The world thought w was probably fake about me or, you know, oh, he ain't street. He ain't gangster. He ain't, you know what I mean? Like just, just the natural things about me that the world tried to make me feel like something was wrong with me because I wasn't doing everything that the world was doing. You know what I mean? Um, just like even talking and just like my speech and just, you know, like. I always just felt like an outcast, but now I know that's a good thing. So anyway, hold on, let me see here. So um, the way this guy writes his thing, it's kind of, he's got like a lot of typos. But yeah, he's basically trying to make it seem like people that are like, once they'd always say, they believe in, they're once they always say that they have this privilege, like they're better than other people because they just, they believe in Jesus. But I'm pretty sure there's a Bible scripture that says even the demon, even the devils believe in Jesus and they tremble. Let me try to look that up for you. Let me Google this. Even the devils believe and they tremble, KJV. Mind you guys, I'm not a preacher, I'm not a pastor or anything. So alright, look. So that that's James 2:19. Thou believest that there is one God. Thou do as well. The devils also believe and tremble. James 2.19. All right, so let's go back to this. Um, so this guy is basically just saying the once saved, always saved crowd. They're, they're always, they, they dan they're dancers. Like they try to dance around the truth. They're always trying to 
mislead you. Um, so I've been having issues with my mail carrier. I don't know what's wrong with this dude, but for like as long as I've been here for like five years, um, they're always he's always like doing weird stuff. Like he won't put the mail in my mailbox, so put it on a windowsill, put it on air conditioning unit or deliver other people's mail to me and i'll be like not at this address and he keeps doing it over and over and over again like i don't obviously the dude's got some type of issue or whatever finally i had to be like please pay attention not at this address and once i did that that must have made him mad you know what i mean so i finally complained about it because i mean i actually had some cologne that came up missing a couple times actually and um you know, I didn't know what was going on, but the company I ordered it from, they were like, we sent it and we tracked it. It, it. it was said that it was delivered. I'm like, well, I never got it. So now the, that company thinks I'm lying so I can get some extra cologne, right? And they're like, oh, well, we can send it this one time, but we're not going to do it. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, cool. I'm going to just cancel my subscription anyway. I don't care. Either way, I just this just lets you know like how the devil's constantly trying to just do stupid, petty things because that's what demons do. They're petty. And they're always doing petty things. Even tonight with my job, I got some type of notification that I did something wrong. And I'm just like, so I called my job and I'm like, what's up with this? And they were like, we don't know. We never got no notification. So that's the little things that the devil does. Like, I know I got that notification. Didn't know what it was about. Had nothing to do with me. But it was it was targeted towards me. So I just know it's the demons. I just know how these demons work, right? So I've developed it to where... Battling demons all day long, you know what I mean? Just praying, praying, praying. Pray through the major hours, you know, pray when I wake up, pray before I go to work, pray while I'm at work. Make sure I'm praying around five, six o'clock because that's another heavy time where they try to attack. But right when I'm about to get off work, they they hit me really hard every time. Every time. Like clockwork. But um, anyway, so um, with this mailman dude, so I called... Or they called me, the post office called me, and a lady was talking to me. She said that she'd be having problems with the guy, you know what I'm saying? And that when she talks to him, he 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 gives he turns his back on her. Like he'll 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 face the opposite way to ignore her. She said there's so many problems with this dude that he 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 never gets disciplined, like whatever. And I tried to tell her, I'm like, she said she was a Christian. I said, I'm a Christian too. And I'm like, I got a Christian um, sign in my, in my window. And I'm like, maybe that's why he acting funny towards me. You know what I mean? But this is the thing. De there's demons walking around in physical bodies. Period. And, the, and Genesis, when you're talking about Genesis, genetics, you know what I'm saying? Like, it tells us that the fallen angels left their first estate and mated with women because they saw that they were fair. So right there in the Bible, it tells you that these fallen angels had sex with humans, they're fallen, meaning now they're evil, they left their first estate, which was heaven, so they could come here and sin, and rebel against God, and they and they started having sex with human women, and they, that means that there's a serpent seed bloodline since the beginning of time, you know, since Adam and Eve, it's, prob it's, it's probably more than likely that Satan, Lucifer, had sex with Eve, you know what I mean, and got her pregnant, 
And then she, in turn, had sex with Adam, you know what I mean? And got him to sin, you know? I don't know. There's a lot taken out, but we know, regardless, that the fallen angels had sex with humans and created giants, the Nephilim, right? So, anyways, back to this. Um, Matthew 10, 22. All men will hate you because of me. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And he says, remember, I said that once saved, always savers always have a way to dance around the truth. The dance. Once saved, always savers will say that Jesus promises that Christians will stand firm to the end. If so, why warn us to make sure we did? No need if it is guaranteed. He will help us to do that if we abide in him. As he says in John, if we don't abide in him, we'll not stand firm. That is why there are so many passages in the New Testament that warn us to make sure we stand firm. And that's a good point. Like I said, there's some typos there, but it's true. Like, why would he, um, why would they tell us to stand firm and endure to the end if our salvation is guaranteed? What I think he means by, by um, you know, what I think the Bible means about our salvation uh, being eternal is... That, you know, if we if we obey Jesus, we keep his commandments, we try our hardest to live a holy and righteous lifestyle without giving up. He's going to see that effort. He's going to see that we're trying. He's going to see that every day we're battling demons. He's going to see that. I mean, he knows everything he's got. Right. So that's when I think he's saying that our. our salvation is eternal plus once we already make it to heaven and once we have our glorified bodies that's probably when he's like yeah now your your salvation is eternal you'll never be able to 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 mess that up once you're in heaven you know what i'm saying i also think that once we are in heaven and we have our eternal our glorified bodies i don't think it'll ever be possible to ever ever have negative thoughts to, to think negative, though these will just not be options. Here there are options and because of the demons are here messing with our minds. They're attack, they're attacking our minds. You know what I mean? Like the fallen angels, the principalities, like their whole network is set up to try to uh, attack us and make us mess up, you know? So once Jesus destroys Satan and all those who follow Satan, all those who obey Lucifer, do live a wicked lifestyle and do evil things all day, every day. Once he gets rid of that, it's gone. And, you know, we'll never have to worry about it again, you know. So, um, Matthew 24 says, signs of the end of the age. Three, as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen and what will be the signs of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. 
At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved in this gospel of the kingdom. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, My master is staying away a long time, and he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hypocrites is a strong word, so right there, hypocrites already implies that you better be about the father's business at all times and not just thinking, oh, I believe in Jesus and I can be as terrible as I want to be. Or what Tim Henderson says is, all you, faith is all you need and nothing else, even though there's a Bible scripture that says faith without works is dead. Did I already read that? Let me try it again. Faith without works is dead, KJV. That's how bad my memory is. According to Bible, King James Version, likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith... Okay, yeah. yeah, so it's James 2.26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Yeah, I did say that. Now that I remember how I started off this whole episode. So, um, so Jesus is speaking to the apostles there and they were not false believers. They were believers. He tells the apostles and, and he tells the apostles and through them us to watch out. See, this dude does not, I wish this dude would have read what he wrote. Um, basically he's saying they were believers. He tells the apostles so make sure they keep an eye out and watch so they are not deceived. And then Jesus says that because of wickedness, the love of many will grow cold. Unbelievers do not have love to grow cold. Only believers do. Good point. He further tells believers that they must stand firm to the end to be saved, which is endure to the end to be saved. So Matthew 24, 10 through 13 is uh, the next scripture he quotes. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people because the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Yeah. So those who do not stand firm, question mark. According to one said, all we say, people, they were never born again at all. So this is the rebuttal from those who, who believe in the one said, all we say. And um, then to what do they have to hold? Then to what do they have to hold? Why would Jesus be warning unsaved people to hold firm to something they never had? Good point. Good point. And these are the types of, this is the type of thinking and discernment that you need when you're dealing with all of these false Christians. Remember, Satan is not putting his people in strip clubs. He's not putting them in um the the trap houses uh he's not putting them around the drug dealers those people are already going to hell 
When I was a Christian and I got sent to hell, I was a drug dealer. But guess what? I believed in once saved, always saved. So I was there. You know what I mean? Like I was there. I understand. But also held, clung on to that belief so strongly, mainly because I was living in sin. And I didn't, I didn't want to face the music. I didn't want to acknowledge it. So I ignored it. I was like, ah, whatever. That's just, you know what I mean? And you can't cherry pick in the Bible. You can't do that. That's, that's the word of God. And you need to stick to the script if you want to make it out of this thing alive. And I mean, we all make it out alive, but where are you going to end up for eternity? Right? So I get it. I get frustrated. You know, I, I can't, there's probably not one day that goes by where I'm like, God, I never asked to exist. I mean, obviously none of us have because that would insinuate that we existed before we existed. So obviously we were all forced to exist, right? And we're forced to be here. And no matter how much we don't want to be here, there's no choice. We are stuck. You and I are both stuck in this prison, this matrix, this reality. We're put in the grinder and we either come to, to the knowledge of Christ, obey him and share the gospel or we go to hell. And who wants to live a, a, a healthful lifestyle just to go to hell, right? From hell to hell. That makes no sense. We're, we're thrown in the boxing ring. We're thrown. It's like not even a boxing ring. It's like we're thrown in a cage. The, the cage door is, is locked. And the only way we're getting out is, is if, if we fight. Fight it out to the end. Endure to the end. That's it. That's the truth. I'm telling you the truth. I don't, I don't never want to go to hell again. And I don't want anybody's blood to be on my hands. So I'm going to make sure that I tell the truth. And this is my podcast. You know what I mean? Like I show a lot of love to a lot of different people by posting all of their episodes on my podcast. But this is my podcast. So I want to make sure that I'm chiming in here, you know. And like I said, I'm busy because, you know, I'm just doing so much. You know, I'm trying to do the Christian music, the write the Christian books, trying to make sure I'm always running, you know, my spreading the gospel, running my ministry, I guess, through social media. And um, and this podcast really is just kind of like. I don't know, it's growing. So, you know, I'm like I'm starting to see see that the numbers and the, the um, analysis or the analytics um, from this podcast. So I know it's doing numbers. I know people are listening to it. Nobody's, nobody's donating any money though. You know what I mean? But, but people are listening to it and it's cool. Like I, I ain't tripping. It is what it is. But, um, so look, um, he said, why would Jesus be warning unsafe people to hold firm to something they never had? He wouldn't. He's warning us to hold on to what we have until the end. So now we go, he quotes Matthew 24, 45. Who then is the faithful and who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth, he will put them in charge of all of his possessions. Did he just quote this twice? I feel like he did. Yeah, the master of the servant will come on the day when he does not expect him. 
At an hour he is not aware of, he will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Who wants that? I don't. Servant. Christians are God's servants. False Christians are not. What happens to the wicked servant who decides that since his master has been gone a long time, he can do wicked things? He is cut into pieces and, and assigned a place with the hypocrites. Where is that? Hell, where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. So there you have it. If you are living a lifestyle where you're willfully being disobedient, you're willfully sinning, whatever it is, if you're if you you know what you're doing, God knows what you're doing. God is putting it in your spirit to let you know that he knows what you're doing and he knows that you know that you know what you're doing. Stop doing it. Yeah, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be tough. That's why every day I want to throw in the towel, I want to give up, but I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice. You know, thankfully, I work for myself. I'm an independent contractor. So, you know what I mean? Obviously, you know, I you know, I do pick up, you know, shifts here and there, but at the end of the day, if I have an emergency and I really need to take a break and and you know, take some time away from working, I can do that. Thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for that. You know what I mean? And I pray that uh, that's not interrupted. You know, thankfully, I don't just work for one company. So I have multiple um, backup plans, you know, and even if none of that worked, you know, I can still get a job. Um, but trust me, the devil's been doing all kinds of things. Like I, I've been in several accidents and um, you know, I had a motorbike accident twice. It was so bad that I, you know, I couldn't work for a little bit, you know, leg was all jacked up and road rash and all of that stuff. A lot of pain, but you know, it is what it is. So it's, it's a fight. We have to endure, endure to the end, right? So, um, once saved, always savers always have to get around scriptures that prove that there is no once saved, always saved. I call it the dance. So then he says, before he was born again, he, he just goes into why he calls it the once saved, always saved dance, because it's just like what car salesmen do. It's like politicians do it. Like they just do whatever they can to try to dodge the answering questions. So you already know about all that. Okay, so Matthew 25, let's talk about this earlier. The parable of the ten virgins. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil and jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. Remember when Jesus went to go pray? And he wanted the disciples to keep watch and they, they kept falling asleep. That's what I think about. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. 
Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you, I tell you the truth. I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. And again, the common dance for the scripture. It is the most common dance for once saved, always saved, savers, is that that passage is talking about unbelievers. This is how, they always do that, man. I, I swear those got to be serpent seas, man. They got to be demons in the flesh. You know how how easy it for these demons to create a YouTube channel, have all these automatic followers, and I mean, dude, this is all generated. Go go look at um, you know, I'm 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 obviously you know because I'm a rapper or whatever. I grew up in the hip hop industry. Go to um Outcast, right? That was a big group. Go to Big Boy's Twitter page. And see how many um, people were commenting on his latest song or retweeting his latest song or video or retweeting his comments. Go to um, go to Bow Wow's Instagram page and see see how many people are liking his post. They're probably always going to be like 150, 60, 4, 5 likes here and there. That's what I'm trying to tell you. This industry is only going to be pushing people that are promoting the satanic agenda, the demonic agenda. You know what I'm saying? They don't they don't care about these people if they're not doing Satan's will, you know? So um unbelievers. So when in doubt, there is no way to get around the scripture. A person who is hellbent of grasping Hard to once say to always say, we'll always go back to. He wasn't talking about Christians there. He's talking about unbelievers. And these passages talking about false Christians or professing Christians. Nope. Unbelievers do not need this warning. They are already on their way to hell. They have no lamps to burn. Their master is Satan, not Jesus. The Bible doesn't call false Christians nor unbelievers virgins. The Bible calls true Christians virgins. These ten virgins are all true Christians. Five were ready for Jesus' return, and five were not. Those who were not did not get into the kingdom in the end. They were shut out. So that's what I'm talking about. Some of these people that have these, these channels and these, these online ministries and social media ministries, every day they're talking about Jesus. They're talking about, you know, waiting on the rapture, and they're always posting content, trying to engage their listeners, right? keep to keep the um to keep the traffic right for their their accounts or whatever now i don't know if you know but on youtube they youtube cuts checks you know what i'm saying so you got thousands and thousands of of followers and uh viewers or whatever youtube's cutting cutting checks so it's probably got to be millions you know what i mean but either way over time over a time period you know what i mean you got millions and millions of views from you know if you're getting 30 40,000 uh views on each episode or each video you post and you're posting you know multiple times a day these are going into the millions you know what i'm saying so and um so who knows what the their their motive is you know what i mean i don't know that's between them and god but what i do know is when i hear all you have to do is believe in Jesus and you're going to make the rapture. You're going to heaven. I, I know it's baloney, man. I know it is because 
We know that there's going to be Christians left behind. We know that there's going to be Christians that go through the great tribulation because those are the ones that are martyred. Those are the ones that are going to be tortured and persecuted and murdered. And if they don't take the mark of the beast, right? They don't take the mark of the beast and they endure to, and they, they, they make it through the tribulation or even if they die for Jesus, then they, 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 they go the hard way. You know what I mean? That's the hard way to make it into heaven, right? But hey, let these, I mean, what do these once saved, always savers going to do? Tell the people that get left behind. Like, yeah, yeah, it's okay if you take the mark of the beast. You're still going to make it to heaven. I mean, they're lying about everything else. They're telling you, you can never lose your salvation. Well, that goes completely against scripture because it says if you take the mark of the beast that you're going to lose your salvation. And you never hear him talk about that, do you? So look, Matthew 25, the parable of the talents. I just, I actually just put both of those in my new book. I need to finish that. I should finish that soon. I haven't been writing the book. I'm, I'm like, I'm like eleven chapters in it, so I really only got to write probably like another chapter. I mean, I could publish it now, but anyway, Matthew twenty-five, the parable of the talents. Uh, Matthew twenty-five fourteen. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and trusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents bought the other five. Master, he said, you entrust me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. Where else have we heard that? Right? You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you shouldn't have put money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Are these passages to unbelievers or false Christians? Where else in scripture are unbelievers referred to as servants? In the Bible, servants of God are Christian. This is to Christians. Notice also what happens to these unfaithful servants, which is unfaithful Christians. Mark 13, 13. All men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Luke 12, 42. The Lord answered, Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food 
allowance at the proper time. It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose the servant says to himself, my master has taken a long time in coming. And he then begins to beat the men servants and maid servants and to eat and drink. We read this already, right? The same thing. So Luke, Luke 12, 35, 48. Be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning, like men waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. I tell you the truth, he will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the second or third watch of the night. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You must also be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Peter asked, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? The Lord answered, Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns I tell you the truth, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. So then it goes into that again, right? So as I've written before, the Bible does never, the Bible never calls false Christians or unbelievers servants. The Bible calls Christian servants. This passage is talking about Christians. Jesus is warning Christians in this passage, not unbelievers. Unbelievers do not need this warning. They are already on their way to hell. There's a second once said, always save dance. The steps to that dance, that pastor says, the Christian will lose his reward, but not his salvation. Oh, yeah, so they do say that, actually. So, yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, he'll lose his reward, but it's not his salvation. Either way, it's just like, why would you want to lose anything? But um, the scripture says, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. So when we all get to heaven, there are going to be some Christians that Jesus is going to cut into pieces. There are unbelievers in heaven with whom this person is going to be placed. No, this passage is telling the Christian who is not ready for Jesus when he returns that he, Jesus, will cut that Christian who wasn't ready into pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. Guess where the unbelievers are? Not in heaven. They are in hell. So, yeah, that makes sense. Um, look, this thing goes on and on and on and on. But let, let's go a little bit longer. John 15, 1, 2, 6, and 8. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he trims clean so that it will be even more fruitful. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. That's beautiful. That's just such a beautiful passage right there. And that's John 15, 1, 2, 6, and 8. The branches that Jesus is talking about here are Christians, born-again people, the forgiven, righteous children of God. Favorite once said, always save dance. He is not talking to Christians, but false Christians and unbelievers. That scripture says, off every branch of me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he trims clean so that it will be even more fruitful. If anyone does not remain in me, 
every branch in me. Christians are literally in Jesus. We are literally united to him. Our spirits are united to him. That is a real literal truth. Unbelievers of false Christians are not in him. This passage is not written to unbelievers of false Christians. It is written only to those who are in him. Unbelievers of false Christians do not bear fruit to Jesus. Only Christians do. He is talking to Christians. He is telling those Christians that if they bear no fruit, they will be cut off and thrown into the fire. Notice he isn't saying that their works will be burned here, but that they, the Christians, will be burning in fire. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but there will be no one burning in fire in heaven. The scripture alone should be enough for any person to say once they'd always say it isn't biblical. Sorry, this guy doesn't like, he's got a lot of typos. But yeah, I mean, let's read that again. John 15, 1, 2, 6, and 8. So John 15, 1, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. John 15, 2, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he trims clean so that it will be even more fruitful. That's Those are the Christians that are being chastised. That's me. That's what I'm going through. That's what the true believers that want to do the will of the Lord, God sees that and he's going to help you. He's going to meet you halfway. But, you know, it really is a percentage thing. Like how much of your mind is focusing on wanting to fulfill that sin? Like if you really want to overcome that sin, that addiction to pornography, that addiction to marijuana, that addiction to, to pills, that addiction to alcohol, then you can overcome it with the help of Jesus. If you pray and you ask him to take it away from you, he will. He's going to remove those, those demons that are pushing those urges on you, that are pushing those temptations on you. But if you go back to it, if you go back and buy some weed and start smoking it, I mean, you just invited those demons back into your life. Same thing with pornography. You know what I mean? So, you know, and, and the, the pornography is a tough one, too, because we see people every day. You know what I mean? And there's people that we're attracted to, you know. And so we're gawking at them. We're staring at them lustfully and we start fantasizing about them. We're lusting them. We just invited those demons back, you know. That's like, I, I wrote an email to my brothers and I'm like, man, like, you know, I don't, I try not to even look at people. Like I just try to keep my head down and, and I'm not, and it's not even about lust. This is with anger too. These, there's demons inside of people. So there's people that are just literally just, you walk into a place, you walk into a grocery store. And if you look around, you may see somebody in the far back corner, you know, someone, maybe couples couple feet beside you, in front of you, in a different aisle, and they're just giving you a demonic stare, right? And then you look at them, and you're like, man, what the heck are you looking at? And then, bam, they're like, yeah, what's up, what's up? And right there, you just ignited a fire, you know, because that's what they're waiting. They're, these demons are always baiting, setting traps. They're just, they're constantly looking for confrontation. They're constantly looking for conflict. They're, you know, they're constantly trying to start problems, you know what I mean? And this is with the serpent seed bloodline, meaning actual demons in the bet and in the flesh, these reptilian shapeshifters, whatever they want to go by or whatever. What they're going to start telling people is they're aliens or extraterrestrials. Or, um, oh, this has only got 60 minutes. So, whatever. They're just setting traps all the time. So, um, let me see if I got enough. So I could, I'll just tell you um, the scripture. Romans eleven seventeen through 22 is another scripture he quotes. Um, 
Yeah, First Corinthians nine twenty five. Huh, that's where it says First Corinthians nine twenty five. Everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I might, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Wow. Paul, the grace writer, says that he keeps his body under, under wraps and makes it a slave so that after he has preached to others, he will not be disqualified for the prize. And I noticed that a lot, too. I mean, you can't really preach the gospel if you're not living, if you're not practicing what you preach. And that's probably why there's so many people that don't, you know, that says the, the laborers are few. The laborers are few. Right. Many are called, but few are chosen. You know, there it is again. First uh, Corinthians 10, uh, 11. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. And the demons love that. They love like, you know, you you got through your first week of sobriety and you're like, yeah, you start spreading the gospel and then bam. Someone's like, yo, man, here's a free pound of weed. <laughs> yep, you can have it. Um. Oh yeah, Galatians also refused that too. Galatians 5, 16 through 21. We got Colossians 1, 21 through 23. 1 Timothy 4, 16. That's short, I could read it. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. 2 Timothy 2, 11, 12. Here's a trustworthy worthy saying if we died with him we will also live with him if we endure we will also reign with him if we disown him he will also disown us first timothy 3 6 the overseer must not be a recent convert or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil hebrews 3 6 but christ is faithful as a son over god's house and we are his house if we hold on to our courage and the hope of which we boast so what if we don't hold on to our courage and the hope of which we boast? Some are falsely saying that this and other passages are not for the true Christians, but for the professing Christians or false Christians. Are professing Christians a part of God's house? No, only true Christians are a part of God's house and only true Christians have a hope to hold on to. This is written for us today. Hebrews 6, uh, 4 through 15 is another scripture. Hebrews 10, 26 through 31. That's probably the most powerful one. I think I've got enough time for that. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on a testimony, testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think a man deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified him, and who has insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know... who him who said it is mine to avenge I will repay again and again um, the Lord will judge his people it is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God James 1.12 blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test he will receive the crown of life 2nd Peter 2nd Peter 2nd <laughs> Peter 1.3-11 so yeah I mean just do your own research. That's all I could tell you. Really read the Bible. Tell Alexa to play it every day. You know what I mean? Uh, when you wake up, 
You can go through the whole Bible that way. You know what I mean? Start in Genesis. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to jump on here and give my two cents. One said, all we save is a false doctrine. Do not believe that you will go to hell if you think that you can just skate by believing in Jesus. More is required. And you got to step up to the plate. We need you. All right. Peace. So, look, you know, I, I'm i like so overextended just with everything right now uh, because I have to work, you know. But obviously preaching the gospel really has become like a full-time job um, right now just because the deception of once saved, always saved is just ridiculous. And <clears throat> I don't know. I just felt like I, I need to come on here and really address, address that because I was just watching a Tim Henderson video and I know I've added notes to like a recent episode of his that I posted because he literally says, all you have to do is believe that Jesus died for your sins and you are saved. You don't have to do nothing else. That's exact. I mean, that's not word for word what he said, but that's pretty much exactly what he's saying. That all you need is faith, nothing else. So, let's see if uh, Tim Henderson, because I don't know. I mean, there's so many lies, but I don't know where why he's not using scripture. Because let's go ahead. Let's go to Google real quick. Faith without works is dead, KJV. All right, so let's pull this scripture up. I'm doing this live on the spot. All right, so what comes up is James 2, 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Bam, right there. James 2, 26. Now, another one is, um, what is it? Maybe it's uh, Hebrews 10.26 KJV. Let's see if that's it. Going off memory. For if we sin willfully after that, we have received the knowledge of the truth. There remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. Let me read that again. If we willfully sin... It says, for if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. So basically what it's saying is, if you willfully sin, after you receive the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sins. So, I mean, dude, I mean, there's so many, there's so many scriptures there's so many that uh it's just man it's it's frustrating you know and it's just like um there's so many channels there's so many YouTube channels where people are constantly and that's the problem like you get someone like Tim Henderson you know that that gains such a huge following right 
And he's always programming that all you have to do is have faith. Nothing else. Nothing else. Oh, okay. Nothing else. Well, let's let's take a look at this. Hold on real quick. 1 Corinthians chapters. Um, hold on. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. That's, that's one. I got to put KJV for that. KJV. Be not deceived. That's the first, that's the first three, three words. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Right there, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. It tells you right there who will not inherit the kingdom of God. So for these people who are like, all you have to do is just believe in Jesus and you're going to heaven and you're going to make the rapture. They are deceiving you. They do not have the Holy Spirit. There's absolutely no possible way that they have the Holy Spirit and they're going to spew out that deception. The reason this makes me so mad is because I went to hell as a Christian. God sent me to hell as a Christian. I was a Christian. I, I was baptized at an apostolic church. I believed in Jesus. I thought that when I died that I was going to go to heaven. And I went to hell. I don't know if I died in my sleep. I don't know what happened. But what I do know is that I woke up in hell. And I know that this was a reoccurring thing that happened. Excuse me. So, um... Let me let me go back to this one page right here. This is off of Live Journal. And um this was posted October 25th, 2005. So what 17, 18 years ago by Star Chaser 57. And it says scriptures that prove once saved, always saved is not the truth at all. Um it said, in another place, I was challenged to post the scriptures that prove once saved, always saved is false. Until then, I've always known that once saved, always saved is a lie. I've always known that once saved, always saved will damn many. But when I started discussing that doctrine with three people and started studying it more, I was shocked of just how big of a lie and wicked this false teaching really is. Also, um, it says that Jesus hated the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, and, and that's pretty much what the Nicolaitans believe because the Nicolaitans were like tied into Gnosticism and the Gnostics. And they pretty much believed that you could just indulge in carnality and, and, and fleshly desires and, and pleasure, and you, you, you're good. Like you're still going to make it to heaven. And Jesus didn't like that. Everybody's heard this one, right? Um, if you're. If your um, eye caused you to sin, pluck it out. If your arm or your leg caused you to sin, cut it off. Because it's better to enter heaven maimed 
which is like disfigured or dismembered, instead of going to hell with your body fully intact. Why would Jesus say that? Seriously, why would Jesus talk about hell more than he did heaven? You know, why is there a parable of the ten virgins where there's five foolish virgins and five wise virgins? Why does it talk about making sure that you keep oil in your lamp? Because if you're just an unbeliever, then that wouldn't even make sense. This is obviously talking to believers, especially when it's talking about endure to the end. Non-believers ain't worried about enduring to the end. Believers, because they know that, that the devil's coming at them a lot stronger because the devil wants you to sin. Anyways, back to this. Um, in order to believe that once saved, always saved is the truth, which it isn't, one has to cut out the following passages from the Bible completely or twist them into meaning something they don't. But when a person is honest with the word of God and actually decides to believe everything God says about justification and eternal salvation, as in who will or will not enter heaven, the once saved, always saved lie doesn't stand up. Compare once saved, always saved to the scripture and once saved, always saved melts away in the light of God's truth. If you can really be honest, here are over a hundred scriptures. Wow, over a hundred scriptures that that refute that you, you you have eternal salvation. What I believe is, yes, God will always forgive you if you make mistakes. We make mistakes all the time. But the Bible also says, be ye perfect like your father in heaven is perfect. So right there, we're given the commandment to make sure that we're trying to perfect our walk with the Lord. And then Jesus also says, if you love me, you will obey me. You want the scripture? No problem. I'll, I'll get that for you. If ye love me, obey me. KJV. All right. That seems to be John 14. 15 through 31. Let's read it. If ye love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray to Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it thou wilt manifest thyself unto us, and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him and will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings and the word which ye hear is not mine. So it says, you can, if you love me, but you don't keep my sayings. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the father's which sent me. Verse 
These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. And what did I just say earlier? These people do not have the Holy Spirit if they're out here lying like that. It bothers me so much because these, I've posted these, I'm, I'm like, I post these people's videos, I mean, their audio on my podcast. And, you know, I, I'm i doing this while I'm working. I drive for a living. So imagine this whole podcast, 300,000 listens, 300,000 people. I have 300,000 listens. I don't know how many people. I think I got like an average of a couple thousand a week that are listening. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I've built this whole podcast while I am driving, multitasking, risking my life. Every single day, multiple times a day, taking my eyes off the off the road so I could try to post this because that's how important it is to me to make sure that I'm trying to make wake people up. You know what I'm saying? They've already shut down my TikTok channel, my YouTube channels. Like I'm being censored so heavily that, you know, my Instagram is censored, being a um, shadow banned, like it's so frustrating, you know, but I keep fighting. But at the end of the day, it, it, it's, it's all up on the individual, you know, the, the Lord is, is not, um, a respecter of a person. So everybody is getting the same, um, you know, the same level of the Holy spirit. It's just who's heeding that call, who's actually digging deeper, who's actually trying to draw close to the Lord and stay in the Lord's presence, you know. Um, so yeah, let me go back to what this dude was saying. So he um he starts with Matthew 6. Mm, this is actually pretty good. Matthew 6, 14. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. People who do not have their sins forgiven do not make it to heaven. I'll rebuke this in the name of Jesus. All of a sudden now I'm burping. Sorry. Notice that Jesus didn't say, if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Unless, of course, you are born again. Because born again people are not held to the same standards as the unsaved people. And what did I just say? God is not a respecter of persons. So it says, unsaved people go to hell for not forgiven. But those Christians are not once saved, always saved. Nothing will change that. They can refuse to forgive anyone they want to. It doesn't matter. They'll go to heaven no matter what. And you wouldn't believe, I, even just the other day, I was on Instagram and there was a video of an elderly gentleman walking outside. He had a, a, a sign, like the double sign that you wear on the front and the back. And he's like, you could be as terrible as you want to be and you can't lose your salvation. And people, you they, this is how they twist scripture. They'd be like, yeah, you can't lose salvation and nobody can pluck you out of the father's hand. Yes, the Bible does say that. But what I'm trying to tell you is if you're actively trying, and I'm, I'm, just, I'm telling you through trial and error, I'm telling you through experience. This is These are things that I've actively 
put to the test. You know what I mean? Like really tested this these scriptures out to see if God was really ever present. If God was fully aware of everything that I was thinking and planning on doing and and everything. And I'm talking about willful disobedience. I'm talking about willfully sinning. You know, whether it was smoking weed when I knew I would I shouldn't be smoking weed, drinking alcohol when I shouldn't be drinking alcohol, having sex when I wasn't married, watching pornography, masturbation, whatever it is. Like when he said be ye perfect like your father in heaven is perfect and that all things are possible through Christ which strengthen me, that's exactly what he means. He means be perfect like God in heaven is perfect. There's no evil in heaven. How do how do we think that we're going to make it to heaven when we're not living like heavenly citizens now? What do you think this is? All this is is a test. And this test does not stop. When 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 I go to sleep, I'm still being tested. I'm still ha- being attacked, not att- I mean, I'm still being uh pursued by women. That are trying to have sex with me in my sleep. Those are demons. Incubus and succubus spirits. And truthfully, half the time I don't even know that I'm even dreaming. I was just sleeping, like unconscious. And the next thing I know, like I'm just somewhere. Something's already been going on. Like I've been there for a while. Like I'm already in a, in a scene or a setting, like a movie or something. The next scene changes and I'm just like, wait, what's going on here? Like what? Oh man. And I'm like... I'm like in a bed with a woman and I'm about to have sex or I already started to have sex. And then I'm like, hold on, wait, I can't do this. I'm I'm a Christian. Same thing with drugs. Like, hold on, man, I can't. I don't I don't sniff sniff cocaine. Like I just had a dream last night. My dad was trying to sniff coke with me. He busted out and he was trying to get me to steal. And my dad in real life, you know, he would try to get me to lie for him and things like that. When I was a kid and I never wanted to do it. And even when we got older, he knew that he couldn't ask me to lie for him to his customers or whatever. Like a customer's calling for something. He's like, hey, just tell him this. That. And I'm like, man, don't even come at me like that. I'm not going to lie for you. You know what I mean? So he had to get my brothers to do it. So these are things that the Holy Spirit's been bringing back to my memory lately. You know what I mean? Like all the way since I was younger, just the character that I had that I didn't even know that I had that... The world thought w- was probably fake about me or, you know, oh, he ain't street. He ain't gangster. He ain't, you know what I mean? Like just, just the natural things about me that the world tried to make me feel like something was wrong with me because I wasn't doing everything that the world was doing. You know what I mean? Um, Just like even talking and just like my speech and just, you know, like. I always just felt like an outcast, but now I know that's a good thing. So anyway, hold on, let me see here. So um, the way this guy writes his thing, it's kind of he's got like a lot of typos. But yeah, he's basically trying to make it seem like people that are like once they'd always say they believe in they're once they always say that they have this privilege, like they're better than other people because they just they believe in Jesus. But I'm pretty sure there's a Bible scripture that says even the demon, even the devils believe in Jesus and they tremble. Let me try to look that up for you. Let me Google this. 
Even the devils believe and they tremble, KJV. Mind you guys, I'm not a preacher, I'm not a pastor or anything. So, all right, look, so that that's James 2.19. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. James 2.19. All right, so let's go back to this. Um... So this guy's basically just saying the once saved, always saved crowd. They're they're always they they dance they're dancers. Like they try to dance around the truth. They're always trying to mislead you. Um so I've been having issues with my mail carrier. I don't know what's wrong with this dude, but for like as long as I've been here for like five years, um, they're always he's always like doing weird stuff. Like he won't put the mail in my mailbox, so put it on a windowsill, put it on air conditioning unit or deliver other people's mail to me and I'll be like not at this address and he keeps doing it over and over and over again like I don't obviously the dude's got some type of issue or whatever finally I had to be like please pay attention not at this address and once I did that that must have made him mad you know what I mean so I finally complained about it because I mean I actually had some cologne that came up missing a couple times actually and, um, you know, I didn't know what was going on, but the company I ordered it from, they were like, we sent it and we tracked it. It, it. it was said that it was delivered. I'm like, well, I never got it. So now the, that company thinks I'm lying so I can get some extra cologne. Right. And I'm like, oh, well, we can send it this one time, but we're not going to do it. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, cool. I'm going to just cancel my subscription anyway. I don't care. Either way, I just this just lets you know, like how the devil's constantly trying to just do stupid, petty things because that's what demons do. They're petty. And they're always doing petty things. Even tonight with my job, I got some type of notification that I did something wrong. And I'm just like, so I called my job and I'm like, what's up with this? And they were like, we don't know. We never got no notification. So that's the little things that the devil does. Like, I know I got that notification. Didn't know what it was about. Had nothing to do with me. But it was it was targeted towards me. So I just know it's the demons. I just know how these demons work, right? So I've developed it to where... Battling demons all day long, you know what I mean? Just praying, praying, praying. Pray through the major hours, you know, pray when I wake up, pray before I go to work, pray while I'm at work. Make sure I'm praying around five, six o'clock, because that's another heavy time where they try to attack. But right when I'm about to get off work, they they hit me really hard every time. Every time. Like clockwork. But um anyway, so um with this mailman dude, so I called or they called me, the post office called me, and a lady was talking to me. She said that she'd be having problems with the guy, you know what I'm saying? And that when she talks to him, he 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 gives he turns his back on her. Like he'll 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 face the opposite way to ignore her. She said there's so many problems with this dude that he 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 never gets disciplined, like whatever. And I tried to tell her, I'm like, she said she was a Christian. I said, I'm a Christian too. And I'm like, I got a Christian um, sign in my, in my window. And I'm like, maybe that's why he acting funny towards me. You know what I mean? But this is the thing. De there's demons walking around in physical bodies. Period. And, the, and Genesis, when you're talking about Genesis, genetics, you know what I'm saying? Like, it tells us that the fallen angels left their first estate and mated with women because they saw that they were fair. So right there in the Bible, it tells you that 
these fallen angels had sex with humans. They're fallen, meaning now they're evil. They left their first estate, which was heaven, so they could come here and sin and rebel against God. And they and they started having sex with human women. And they, that means that there's a serpent seed bloodline since the beginning of time. You know, since Adam and Eve, it's, prob it's, it's probably more than likely that Satan, Lucifer, had sex with Eve. You know what I mean? And got her pregnant and then she in turn had sex with Adam. You know what I mean? And got him to sin. You know? I don't know. There's a lot taken out, but we know regardless that the fallen angels had sex with humans and created giants. The Nephilim. Right? So, anyways, back to this. Um, Matthew 10, 22. All men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And he says, remember, I said that once saved, always savers always have a way to dance around the truth. The dance. Once saved, always savers will say that Jesus promises that Christians will stand firm to the end. If so, why warn us to make sure we did? No need if it is guaranteed. He will help us to do that if we abide in him. As he says in John, if we don't abide in him, we'll not stand firm. That is why there are so many passages in the New Testament that warn us to make sure we stand firm. And that's a good point. Like I said, there's some typos there, but it's true. Like, why would he, um, why would they tell us to stand firm and endure to the end if our salvation is guaranteed? What I think he means by, by um, you know, what I think the Bible means about our salvation uh, being eternal is... That, you know, if we if we obey Jesus, we keep his commandments, we try our hardest to live a holy and righteous lifestyle without giving up. He's going to see that effort. He's going to see that we're trying. He's going to see that every day we're battling demons. He's going to see that. I mean, he knows everything he's got. Right. So that's when I think he's saying that our. our salvation is eternal plus once we already make it to heaven and once we have our glorified bodies that's probably when he's like yeah now your your salvation is eternal you'll never be able to 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 mess that up once you're in heaven you know what i'm saying i also think that once we are in heaven and we have our eternal our glorified bodies i don't think it'll ever be possible to ever ever have negative thoughts to, to think negative, though these will just not be options. Here there are options and because of the demons are here messing with our minds. They're attack, they're attacking our minds. You know what I mean? Like the fallen angels, the principalities, like their whole network is set up to try to uh, attack us and make us mess up, you know? So once Jesus destroys Satan and all those who follow Satan, all those who obey Lucifer, do live a wicked lifestyle and do evil things all day, every day. Once he gets rid of that, it's gone. And, you know, we'll never have to worry about it again, you know. So, um, Matthew 24 says, signs of the end of the age. Three, as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. 
Tell us, they said, when will this happen and what will be the signs of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved in this gospel of the kingdom. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, My master is staying away a long time, and he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hypocrites is a strong word. So right there, hypocrites already implies that you better be about the father's business at all times. And not just thinking, oh, I believe in Jesus and I can be as terrible as I want to be. Or what Tim Henderson says is, all you, faith is all you need and nothing else. Even though there's a Bible scripture that says faith without works is dead. Did I already read that? Let me try it again. Faith without works is dead, KJV. That's how bad my memory is. According to Bible, King James Version, likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith... Okay, yeah. yeah, so it's James 2.26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Yeah, I did say that. Now that I remember how I started off this whole episode. So, um, so Jesus is speaking to the apostles there and they were not false believers. They were believers. He tells the apostles and, and he tells the apostles and through them us to watch out. See, this dude does not, I wish this dude would have read what he wrote. Um, basically he's saying they were believers. He tells the apostles so make sure they keep an eye out and watch so they are not deceived. And then Jesus says that because of wickedness, the love of many will grow cold. Unbelievers do not have love to grow cold. Only believers do. Good point. He further tells believers that they must stand firm to the end to be saved, which is endure to the end to be saved. So Matthew 24, 10 through 13 is uh, the next scripture he quotes. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people because the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Yeah. So those who do not stand firm, question mark. According to one said, all we say, people, they were never born again at all. So this is the rebuttal from those that who who believe in the one said, all we say. And um, then to what do they have to hold? 
then to what do they have to hold? Why would Jesus be warning unsaved people to hold firm to something they never had? Good point. Good point. And these are the types of, this is the type of thinking and discernment that you need when you're dealing with all of these false Christians. Remember, Satan is not putting his people in strip clubs. He's not putting them in um, the the trap houses. Uh, he's not putting them around the drug dealers. Those people are already going to hell. When I was a Christian and I got sent to hell, I was a drug dealer. But guess what? I believed in once saved, always saved. So I was there. You know what I mean? Like I was there. I understand. But also held, clung on to that belief so strongly, mainly because I was living in sin. And I didn't I didn't want to face the music. I didn't want to acknowledge it. So I ignored it. I was like, ah, whatever. That's just, you know what I mean? And you can't cherry pick in the Bible. You can't do that. That's, that's the word of God. And you need to stick to the script if you want to make it out of this thing alive. And I mean, we all make it out alive, but where are you going to end up for eternity? Right? So I get it. I get frustrated. You know, I, I can't, there's probably not one day that goes by where I'm like, God, I never asked to exist. I mean, obviously none of us have because that would insinuate that we existed before we existed. So obviously we were all forced to exist, right? And we're forced to be here. And no matter how much we don't want to be here, there's no choice. We are stuck. You and I are both stuck in this prison, this matrix, this reality. We're put in the grinder and we either come to, to the knowledge of Christ, obey him and share the gospel or we go to hell. And who wants to live a, a, a healthful lifestyle just to go to hell, right? From hell to hell. That makes no sense. We're, we're thrown in the boxing ring. We're thrown. It's like not even a boxing ring. It's like we're thrown in a cage. The, the cage door is, is locked. And the only way we're getting out is, is if, if we fight. Fight it out to the end. Endure to the end. That's it. That's the truth. I'm telling you the truth. I don't, I don't never want to go to hell again. And I don't want anybody's blood to be on my hands. So I'm going to make sure that I tell the truth. And this is my podcast. You know what I mean? Like I show a lot of love to a lot of different people by posting all of their episodes on my podcast. But this is my podcast. So I want to make sure that I'm chiming in here, you know. And like I said, I'm busy because, you know, I'm just doing so much. You know, I'm trying to do the Christian music, the write the Christian books, trying to make sure I'm always running, you know, my spreading the gospel, running my ministry, I guess, through social media. And um, and this podcast really is just kind of like. I don't know, it's growing. So, you know, I'm like I'm starting to see see that the numbers and the, the um, analysis or the analytics um, from this podcast, so I know it's doing numbers. I know people are listening to it. Nobody's nobody's donating any money though. You know what I mean? But but people are listening to it, and it's cool. Like I I ain't tripping. It is what it is. But um, so look um, he said, why would Jesus be warning unsafe people to hold firm to something they never had? He wouldn't. 
He's warning us to hold on to what we have until the end. So now we go, he quotes Matthew 24, 45. Who then is the faithful and who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth, he will put them in charge of all of his possessions. Did he just quote this twice? I feel like he did. Yeah, the master of the servant will come on the day when he does not expect him. At an hour he is not aware of, he will cut him to pieces and sign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Who wants that? I don't. Servant. Christians are God's servants. False Christians are not. What happens to the wicked servant who decides that since his master has been gone a long time, he can do wicked things? He is cut into pieces and, and assigned a place with the hypocrites. Where is that? Hell, where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. So there you have it. If you are living a lifestyle where you're willfully being disobedient, you're willfully sinning, whatever it is, if you're if you you know what you're doing, God knows what you're doing. God is putting it in your spirit to let you know that he knows what you're doing and he knows that you know that you know what you're doing. Stop doing it. Yeah, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be tough. That's why every day I want to throw in the towel, I want to give up, but I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice. You know, thankfully, I work for myself. I'm an independent contractor. So, you know what I mean? Obviously, you know, I you know, I do pick up, you know, shifts here and there, but at the end of the day, if I have an emergency and I really need to take a break and and you know, take some time away from working, I can do that. Thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for that. You know what I mean? And I pray that uh, that's not interrupted. You know, thankfully, I don't just work for one company. So I have multiple um, backup plans, you know, and even if none of that worked, you know, I can still get a job. Um, but trust me, the devil's been doing all kinds of things. Like I've been in several accidents and um, you know, I had a motorbike accident twice. It was so bad that I, you know, I couldn't work for a little bit, you know, leg was all jacked up and road rash and all of that stuff. A lot of pain, but you know, it is what it is. So it's, it's a fight. We have to endure, endure to the end, right? So, um, once saved, always savers always have to get around scriptures that prove that there is no once saved, always saved. I call it the dance. So then he says, before he was born again, he, he just goes into why he calls it the once saved, always saved dance, because it's just like what car salesmen do. It's like politicians do it. Like they just do whatever they can to try to dodge the answering questions. So you already know about all that. Okay, so Matthew 25, let's talk about this earlier. The parable of the ten virgins. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil and jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. Remember when Jesus went to go pray? 
and he wanted the disciples to keep watch and they, they kept falling asleep. That's what I think about. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you, I tell you the truth. I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. And again, the common dance for the scripture, it is the most common dance for once saved, always saved, savers, is that that passage is talking about unbelievers. This is how, They always do that, man. I, I swear, those got to be serpent seas, man. They got to be demons in the flesh. You know, how, how easy it for these demons to create a YouTube channel, have all these automatic followers. And I mean, dude, this is all generated. Go... Go look at um, you know I'm 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 obviously you know because I'm a rapper or whatever. I grew up in the hip hop industry. Go to um Outcast right. That was a big group. Go to Big Boy's Twitter page and see how many um people were commenting on his latest song or retweeting his latest song or video or retweeting his comments. Go to um go to Bow Wow's Instagram page and see see how many people are liking his post. They're probably always going to be like 150, 60, 4, 5 likes here and there. That's what I'm trying to tell you. This industry is only going to be pushing people that are promoting the satanic agenda, the demonic agenda. You know what I'm saying? They don't they don't care about these people if they're not doing Satan's will, you know? So, um... Unbelievers. So when in doubt, there is no way to get around the scripture. A person who is hell-bent of grasping hard to once say to always say will always go back to. He wasn't talking about Christians there. He's talking about unbelievers. And these passages talking about false Christians or professing Christians. Nope. Unbelievers do not need this warning. They are already on their way to hell. They have no lamps to burn. Their master is Satan, not Jesus. The Bible doesn't call false Christians nor unbelievers virgins. The Bible calls true Christians virgins. These ten virgins are all true Christians. Five were ready for Jesus' return and five were not. Those who were not did not get into the kingdom in the end. They were shut out. So that's what I'm talking about. Some of these people that have these, these channels and these, these online ministries and social media ministries, Every day they're talking about Jesus. They're talking about, you know, waiting on the rapture and they're always posting content, trying to engage their listeners, right? Keep to keep the um to keep the traffic, right? For their, their accounts or whatever. Now I don't know if you know, but on YouTube, they YouTube cuts checks. You know what I'm saying? So you got thousands and thousands of of followers and uh, viewers or whatever, YouTube's cutting cutting checks. It's probably got to be millions. You know what I mean. But either way, over time, over a time period, you know what I mean. You got millions and millions of views from you know if you're getting thirty, forty thousand uh, views on each episode or each video you post, 
and you're posting, you know, multiple times a day, these are going into the millions, you know what I'm saying? So, and, um, so who knows what their, their, their motive is, you know what I mean? I don't know. That's between them and God. But what I do know is when I hear all you have to do is believe in Jesus and you're going to make the rapture, you're going to heaven. I, I know it's baloney, man. I know it is because we know that there's going to be Christians left behind. We know that there's going to be Christians that go through the great tribulation because those are the ones that are martyred. Those are the ones that are going to be tortured and persecuted and murdered. And if they don't take the mark of the beast, right? They don't take the mark of the beast and they endure to, and they, they, they make it through the tribulation or even if they die for Jesus, then they, 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 they go the hard way. You know what I mean? That's the hard way to make it into heaven, right? But hey, let these, I mean, what do these once say to always savers going to do? Tell the people that get left behind. Like, yeah, yeah, it's okay if you take the mark of the beast. You're still going to make it to heaven. I mean, they're lying about everything else. They're telling you, you can never lose your salvation. Well, that goes completely against scripture because it says if you take the mark of the beast that you're going to lose your salvation. And you never hear him talk about that, do you? So look, Matthew 25, the parable of the talents. I, just, I, I actually just put both of those in my new book. I need to finish that. I should finish that soon. I haven't been writing the book. I'm, I'm like, I'm like eleven chapters in it, so I really only got to write probably like another chapter. I mean, I could publish it now, but anyway, Matthew twenty-five, the parable of the talents. Uh, Matthew twenty-five fourteen. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and trusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents bought the other five. Master, he said, you entrust me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. Where else have we heard that? Right? You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you shouldn't have put money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Are these passages to unbelievers or false Christians? Where else in scripture are unbelievers referred to as servants? In the Bible, servants of God are Christian. 
This is to Christians. Notice also what happens to these unfaithful servants, which is unfaithful Christians. Mark 13, 13. All men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Luke 12, 42. The Lord answered, Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose a servant says to himself, My master has taken a long time in coming, and he then begins to beat the men's servants and maid servants and to eat and drink. We read this already, right? The same thing. So Luke, Luke 12, 35, 48. Be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning, like men waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. I tell you the truth, he will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the second or third watch of the night. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You must also be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Peter asked, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? The Lord answered, Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns I tell you the truth, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. So then it goes into that again, right? So as I've written before, the Bible does never, the Bible never calls false Christians or unbelievers servants. The Bible calls Christian servants. This passage is talking about Christians. Jesus is warning Christians in this passage, not unbelievers. Unbelievers do not need this warning. They are already on their way to hell. There's a second once said, always save dance. The steps to that dance, that pastor says, the Christian will lose his reward, but not his salvation. Oh, yeah, so they do say that, actually. So, yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, he'll lose his reward, but it's not his salvation. Either way, it's just like, why would you want to lose anything? But um, the scripture says, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. So when we all get to heaven, there are going to be some Christians that Jesus is going to cut into pieces. There are unbelievers in heaven with whom this person is going to be placed. No, this passage is telling the Christian who is not ready for Jesus when he returns that he, Jesus, will cut that Christian who wasn't ready into pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. Guess where the unbelievers are? Not in heaven. They are in hell. So, yeah, that makes sense. Um, look, this thing goes on and on and on and on. But let, let's go a little bit longer. John 15, 1, 2, 6, and 8. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he trims clean so that it will be even more fruitful. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. That's beautiful. That's just such a beautiful passage right there. And that's John 15, 1, 2, 6, and 8. 
The branches that Jesus is talking about here are Christians, born-again people, the forgiven, righteous children of God. Favorite once said, always save dance. He is not talking to Christians, but false Christians and unbelievers. That scripture says, off every branch of me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he trims clean so that it will be even more fruitful. If anyone does not remain in me, every branch in me, Christians are literally in Jesus. We are literally united to him. Our spirits are united to him. That is a real literal truth. Unbelievers and false Christians are not in him. This passage is not written to unbelievers and false Christians. It is written only to those who are in him. Unbelievers and false Christians do not bear fruit to Jesus. Only Christians do. He is talking to Christians. He is telling those Christians that if they bear no fruit, they will be cut off and thrown into the fire. Notice he isn't saying that their works will be burned here, but that day the Christians will be burning in fire. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but there will be no one burning in fire in heaven. The scripture alone should be enough for any person to say once saved, always saved isn't biblical. Sorry, this guy doesn't like, he's got a lot of typos. But yeah, I mean, let's read that again. John 15, 1, 2, 6, and 8. So John 15, 1. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. John 15, 2. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he trims clean so that it will be even more fruitful. That's Those are the Christians that are being chastised. That's me. That's what I'm going through. That's what the true believers that want to do the will of the Lord. God sees that and he's going to help you. He's going to meet you halfway. But, you know, it really is a percentage thing. Like how much of your mind is focusing on wanting to fulfill that sin? Like if you really want to overcome that sin, that addiction to pornography, that addiction to marijuana, that addiction to, to pills, that addiction to alcohol, then you can overcome it with the help of Jesus. If you pray and you ask him to take it away from you, he will. He's going to remove those those demons that are pushing those urges on you, that are pushing those temptations on you. But if you go back to it, if you go back and buy some weed and start smoking it, I mean, you just invited those demons back into your life. Same thing with pornography. You know what I mean? So, you know, and, and the, the pornography is a tough one too because we see people every day. You know what I mean? And there's people that we're attracted to, you know? And so we're gawking at them, we're staring at them lustfully, and we start fantasizing about them, we're lusting them, we just invited those demons back, you know. That's like, I, I wrote an email to my brothers, and I'm like, man, like, you know, I don't, I try not to even look at people, like, I just try to keep my head down, and, and I'm not, and it's not even about lust, this is with anger, too. These, there's demons inside of people. So there's people that are just literally just, you walk into a place, you walk into a grocery store. And if you look around, you may see somebody in the far back corner, you know, someone maybe a couple, couple feet beside you, in front of you, in a different aisle, and they're just giving you a demonic stare, right? And then you look at them, and you're like, man, what the heck are you looking at? And then, bam, they're like, yeah, what's up, what's up? And right there, you just ignited a fire, you know, because that's what they're waiting. They're, these demons are always baiting setting traps they're just they're constantly looking for confrontation they're constantly looking for conflict they're you know they're constantly trying to start problems you know what i mean and this is with the serpent seed bloodline meaning actual demons in the bet and in, in the flesh these reptilian shapeshifters whatever they want to go by or whatever 
they're going to start telling people they're aliens or extraterrestrials. Or, um, oh, this has only got 60 minutes. So, whatever. They're just setting traps all the time. So, um, let me see if I got enough. So, I could, I'll just tell you um, the scripture. Romans 11, 17 through 22 is another scripture he quotes. Um, yeah, 1 Corinthians 9, 25. Huh, that's where it says 1 Corinthians 9, 25. Everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I might, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Wow. Paul the Grace writer says that he keeps his body under under wraps and makes it a slave so that after he has preached to others, he will not be disqualified for the prize. And I noticed that a lot too. I mean, you can't really preach the gospel if you're not living, if you're not practicing what you're preach. And that's probably why there's so many people that don't, you know, that says the, the laborers are few. The laborers are few, right? Many are called, but few are chosen. You know, there it is again. First uh, Corinthians 10 uh, 11. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. And the demons love that. They love like, you know, you you got through your first week of sobriety and you're like, yeah, you start spreading the gospel and then bam, someone's like, yo, man, here's a free pound of weed. <laughs> yep, you can have it. Um. Oh yeah, Galatians also refused that too. Galatians 5, 16 through 21. We got Colossians 1, 21 through 23. 1 Timothy 4, 16. That's short. I could read it. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. 2 Timothy 2, 11, 12. Here's a trustworthy worthy saying, if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. First Timothy 3, 6, the overseer must not be a recent convert or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. Hebrews 3, 6, but Christ is faithful as a son over God's house and we are his house. If we hold on to our courage and the hope of which we boast. So what if we don't hold on to our courage and the hope of which we boast? Some are falsely saying that this and other passages are not for the true Christians, but for the professing Christians or false Christians. Are professing Christians a part of God's house? No, only true Christians are a part of God's house and only true Christians have a hope to hold on to. This is written for us today. Hebrews 6, uh, 4 through 15 is another scripture. Hebrews 10, 26 through 31. That's probably the most powerful one. I think I've got enough time for that. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on a testimony, testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think a man deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified him, and who has insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know... who him who said it is mine to avenge I will repay again and again um, the Lord will judge his people it is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God 
James 1.12, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. Second Peter, second Peter, <laughs> second Peter 1, 3 through 11. So yeah, I mean, just do your own research. That's all I could tell you. Really read the Bible. Tell Alexa to play it every day. You know what I mean? Uh, when you wake up, you can go through the whole Bible that way. You know what I mean? Start in Genesis. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to jump on here and give my two cents. One said, all we save is a false doctrine. Do not believe that you will go to hell if you think that you can just skate by believing in Jesus. More is required and you got to step up to the plate. We need you. All right. Peace.